Hey there, it's Tom Ryan, founder and CEO of ICR. Before we get into the next episode, I wanted to ask that you subscribe to the show. It'll help us get even more unique and interesting guests on the podcast and in turn continue to educate management teams and the growing ecosystem that creates value for fast-growing private and public companies. And while you're at it, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating. Very much appreciated. Because of the food inflation, the labor inflation, and oh, by the way, that supply chain nightmare that was happening a year ago and still hasn't really completely unfolded, we have to be very, very sensitive of our pricing. With inflation rates continuing to climb, consumers are scrutinizing and prioritizing all of their expenses. The key to making the cut is delivering great value. One of the most difficult things you have to do is to pass on cost to your consumer. And yet when you deliver that plate of food, do they look at that when they reach into their wallet and go, I feel good about the money I just spent. So we have to earn it. Being a public company can be hard. Small missteps can have outsized consequences. I'm Tom Ryan, founder and CEO of ICR, and over the last 20 years, we've helped thousands of companies understand and navigate the stock market and the media. We'll demystify these and other increasingly complex stakeholder groups so you can focus on what you do best, building your company, and unlocking your true potential. This is Welcome to the Arena. Despite tighter budgets, people are social, and there's always a place for dining out. Restaurants with a long legacy of delivering great food and great service at a reasonable price always win out. If anyone is prepared to meet the challenge, it's my next guest, Jerry Morgan. Jerry is president and CEO of Louisville, Kentucky-based Texas Roadhouse, which trades under the symbol TXRH. With 35 years of food service experience, including time at Bennigan's and Burger King, Jerry is an industry expert with a ton of institutional knowledge about the business. He began his career with Roadhouse in 1997 as the managing partner of Texas Roadhouse's first unit in Texas and worked his way up through the ranks. In 2020, he was named president of Texas Roadhouse and became CEO in 2021 following the untimely death of company founder and former CEO Ken Taylor. Jerry and I spoke at length about the company values that have been instrumental to the success of the brand, how they're handling volatility and inflation, and the two additional restaurant concepts they'll be expanding over time. Let's enter the arena with Jerry Morgan. We were founded in uh, 1993. Our concept was drawn on a, uh, a beverage napkin here in Louisville, and, and our founder, who had been pitching these ideas on how to build a Texas roadhouse, got three heart surgeons here in Louisville to loan him some money to build the very first one in Clarksville, Indiana. So that was where our journey began. We're steaks, potatoes, and ice cold beer in uh, legendary margaritas. So that's the concept. Texas Roadhouse, people sometimes ask me why it's named that. Kent was working with Bennigan's in Dallas, Texas. And in my opinion, he always felt that Texas was big and friendly. And so Roadhouse is just a big, friendly restaurant was kind of the idea behind Texas Roadhouse in my conversations with Kent. And then it just started growing from there. He was absolutely excited about 
about it. We are uh, built around a six-ounce sirloin, a baked potato, and a, and a salad, and a blue-collar mentality. Just uh, try to feed the working man's family. We want it to be a value-driven concept, and that's what we've been after. So we have over 600 locations domestically, and we have about 37 in the international market. We have another concept called Bubba's 33, and then we're working on Jaggers, which is a, a QSR style that only has four at this time. The company is a multi-billion dollar brand. It comes from humble roots, as you describe. How many restaurants were there when you joined? So 10. I, I joined the company in uh, 1997, and so I just hit my 25-year anniversary on May 12th. So it was very exciting to have accomplished that. I started off like everybody else. I went through manager in training for three or four months, and then I went, went on to open my restaurant in Grand Prairie, Texas. So even though I started, there was 10 restaurants in the concept, I opened the very first store in the state of Texas, and it was the 24th store in the concept. So we were gearing up to build about 25 a year starting in 1998, and we have been able to hit that number pretty much every year since then. You know, it's always risky, any new concept. What did you see that made you say, like, I'm going for this? What was the positioning in the marketplace that you thought was really great? Well, I was working with Bennigan's at the time, and Bennigan's had really started to, unfortunately, not invest in their people and or their product any longer. So I was leaving Bennigan's as a multi-unit guy, and I interviewed with Outback, and then I was flown out to Louisville, Kentucky to try Texas Roadhouse. And when I got in there, I really enjoyed the country music vibe. I'm a kind of a country boy, and, and then I was given a bunch of food. And once I ate the food, just tasted great. So I think that's what hooked me on it. I had the opportunity to bring the very first Texas Roadhouse to Texas, and, and, uh, and the food was amazing. So I was very, very excited after I left that interview with uh, Kent and Steve Ortiz that this was the concept. I, I no longer had any ambitions to join Outback. It was riskier because it was a lot less stores. I think Outback was 400 at the time, but I chose to go with them because I felt like their food made from scratch was just a little bit better. So let's go a little deeper in there. I think Texas Roadhouse always talks about legendary food, legendary service. You know, the best ideas are so simple and those are basic foundations that have, have allowed you guys to build and, and scale this business over a long period of time. How much care do you all put into the food and the service? Like what makes you different? Yeah, I will tell you, it's our commitment to, I call it taste and temp. And every day before we ever serve our folks, our managers go in and they touch it, they taste it, and they temp it every single day. And we do that line check, taste and temp, quality food check, whatever you want to call it, prior to our opening. So we spend about two hours right before we open the doors. We call it every steak, every pan, every day. We validate that they weigh six ounces, eight ounces, 11 ounces, 16, whatever we have on the menu, that's what we expect to put on that plate. And, and I talk a lot about being recipe right, smoking hot, and then it's got to be picture perfect. When I deliver you a country fried sirloin, I want the steam of that cream gravy going up into your nostrils and you close your eyes and go, that is fantastic. Smoking hot food just makes a difference. I'm drooling. <laughs> You're supposed to be. I am. I am. So 
we got the food and the service out of the way. I think one of the cool things that people may not appreciate in terms of another foundation of Texas Roadhouse growth is the market partner structure. Can you describe what that is and how it helps you all continue on your growth path? I'll start with the managing partner program, which that means for a single unit operator that they buy in, they, they pay us $25,000 and sign a five-year contract that they are going to be in that restaurant. We really want them to live there. We want them to be in the community. We want them to have ownership in the business. And so they get a percentage of the sales and the profits every single month. It hasn't changed since we in the inception of this concept. Every one of our managing partners are owner operators. And then our multi-unit guys and gals are in the same boat that they all pay double what the managing partner pays and they can up, have up to eight or 10 stores, but they get a percentage of each restaurant. So they are invested partners and all the way up the upper. So the next level would be a regional, the same thing. They have to buy in and pay because we want them to have skin in the game. We want them to know that this is their business. And, um, you know, there's definitely things that we expect, standards that we have, but we want them acting and being owner-operators. And that's really served the business incredibly well over a long period of time. Sitting here today in June of 2022, tons of stuff going on, inflation, food and gas prices, all that stuff. I know back in like 2008, 2009, in the financial collapse, Texas Roadhouse managed through that beautifully. Talk about like your position in the market, your philosophy on taking price on the menu, and how do you kind of stay in the neighborhood that just uh, generates great value for people? Yeah, I think that word you used last is the value, and it's what we've always been driven on. We've always tried to build into menu pricing value. You know, pricing was really difficult, especially when I took over, because we did see that beef inflation spike in August of 2021, and we really were about to do pricing at that time, and then we just saw it move at, at an unprecedented level. And we were the very first company to kind of go out and say, wow, this is surprising because we lock a lot of our pricing up, but we also buy on the open market too. And and we buy a lot of beef, but because of the food inflation, the labor inflation, and oh, by the way, that supply chain nightmare that was happening a year ago and still hasn't really completely unfolded, we have to be very, very sensitive of our pricing. One of the most difficult things you have to do is to pass on cost to your consumer. And yet when you deliver that plate of food, do they look at that when when they reach into their wallet and go, I feel good about the money I just spent. So we have to earn it. When I raise prices, our operators have to deliver on the quality of our product and the friendliness of our service. Yep. How would you describe the culture of the company? Fun with purpose. And I tell you what, Kent, when he found this, he wanted partners in this company and in this business. And he treated us as partners. He expected us to act like family that we care about each other, that we support and protect. So fun with purpose has always been a part of our core values. We celebrate the victories. We champion all the folks that do amazing things. And we celebrate and partner with our people. 
Kent, he always treated me as a partner. He wanted to know what I thought. He wanted to know how I looked at the business. And he was always open to our ideas. Whenever stuff was going on in the world, he would call a group of us and say, what do you think? How are we going to navigate? How are we going to navigate COVID? How are we going to navigate the economic challenges of 08 and 09? I mean, he was always wanting to know what the operator running a single restaurant thought what we would have to do to overcome this challenge or obstacle in front of us. It's a very unique part of Texas Roadhouse. We treat each other as family and partners. You're empowering people and they rise to the occasion, right? One thing uh, to take the culture piece a little bit further, I know one thing you've been doing as a company for years is the Market Partner Conference where you get everybody together once a year. And I think like the typical Wall Street spreadsheeter probably sees that line item and like, why would you spend so much money on something like that? But what does that do for the energy of the company and the market partners? How does that like unleash that positive energy throughout the year? Yeah, that's that work hard, play hard mentality. And if you're getting the kind of results that we've been very fortunate to get, you have to celebrate with your people. The operators of this company are what drive the results that we get to share and just be so proud of. So once a year, we bring the managing partners, the market partners, everybody from an operations team together, and we celebrate. We talk business. Hey, here's the results. Here's the future goals. Here's the things that we're trying to work on, but we celebrate. We call it the Managing Partner of the Year Conference. So every year we name one person to be the Managing Partner of the Year. And in, in actually 1998, Gina Tobin was the very first Managing Partner of the Year who happens to be our Chief Learning and Culture Officer today, right across the hall from me. Um, Neil Nicholas, who is a regional partner, was the number two Managing Partner of the Year. And yours, truly was number three. So I get to wear this ring that says I was a managing partner of the year. And it's just really cool to know that we were running one restaurant and now we're a part of running this company. And I think we have what I call street cred. I, I think when I go to a restaurant, they know that I ran a restaurant and I know the business. So when we lost Kent, Maybe we lost a little and people were nervous about that. But like you said, I, I grew up in the ranks. I know this business intimately because I ran a restaurant. I ran multiple restaurants and I led teams. So I guess whether I knew it or not, I was ready for this job, even though I might not have thought so 18 months ago. It's so badass that you have a ring. Dan Marino doesn't have a ring. <laughs> I know, but Dan Marino went to the Super Bowl his rookie year, and he went up against Joe Montana. So, hey, that was a tough ride, but it was fun watching him play some football. Running restaurants has always been a people-focused business, and from customers to restaurant staff to managing partners, Texas Roadhouse understands their people well. But as the world shifts to digital, the restaurant industry has a chance to further cement those relationships through technology. I asked Jerry what approach Texas Roadhouse is taking towards new technology and how they're using it to create more efficiency and a better experience for guests and staff. 
technology has to enhance the guest experience, not replace service. That's the number one factor. I would tell you that, you know, tablets that we're using to take orders um, is one thing that we're testing. The Roadhouse Pay, which is pay at the table, basically, has probably been the biggest hit that we have out there that really allows the check and change experience. It's like you, you go through this beautiful dinner and then you're waiting for the server to pay the tab out. And so I think our ability to have this roadhouse pay or pay at the table availability to our guests has been a big win. The ability to text to page, meaning that we can now text information to our guests. COVID taught us that as ugly as COVID was, it taught us that we don't need to be talking on the phone. We can text message to our guests. Your table's ready. Your food's ready. So being able to text message with our guests and communicate at that level without having to use a telephone, amazing, absolutely amazing. And a big, big game changer for us personally. And then being able to use the apps so that the guests can get on our wait list so that they can actually manipulate different things when their to-go order is placed and so many things that they can actually do on their own. And people are just so accustomed to doing it. And then I would tell you the last thing we're really focused on is is this uh, digital kitchen. A lot of our employees are coming to us and they're used to using that and other concepts. We've always had place the order, a ticket or a check rings up in the kitchen and we start cooking from that. There's a lot of technology now that uses these TV monitors that it goes right to the monitor. So we're looking at a lot of that. We do it in the Bubba's 33 concept and we do it in Jaggers. We built our first roadhouse with the digital technology for the back of the house which I think is going to be another game changer. We've been a little slow to that game, but uh, we realize now that it is definitely an enhancement to the ability to provide legendary food and legendary service. So we're, we're definitely be moving forward on that a little more aggressively. It's a good segue. You brought up uh, Jaggers and Bubba's. Tell us about those two concepts and how they fit in with Texas Roadhouse as part of the growth in the future. You know, it's an interesting story. There was Kent Taylor and then there was Bubba. And Bubba was our late night party guy. So after midnight, Kent turned into Bubba. His alter yeah, ego. And, uh, yeah. Exactly. And so he really was excited about uh, a burgers and pizza, a food for all family environment with a really a lot of TVs, a lot of music vibe. He was a music guy. So in Roadhouse, we have a lot of country music. In Bubba's, we have a lot of rock and roll or soft rock and roll. So it's burgers, it's pizza pizza, it's ice cold beer, made from scratch sauces, food for all. So we've got about 37 of them. We're going to be ramping up our growth, hopefully eight to 10 a year, starting in uh, 2023 going forward. We love the food that we're presenting there. We really love the environment and the energy that the concept is uh, sending out. So it's being received very well. So we're really, really pumped about it. Um, Jaggers is, um, Kent used to describe it as if you took Chick-fil-A and five guys and they had a baby, then you would have Jaggers. So Jaggers has got these amazing burgers, maybe six or seven of them, amazing chicken sandwiches, some really fresh made salads. And oh, by the way, how about a banana split milkshake to go with that? It's a quick service restaurant drive through deal. The food is really, really good. And I'll tell you, we've got four Jaggers in the concept right now. We just signed two franchise partners, one in North Carolina, one in Dallas, Texas. We've got some interest by others. So we're ready to start really growing and kicking Jaggers into gear. 
So I think a natural question that people might say is, wow, you know, you have these three great concepts, you're growing everything, you know, do you have enough bandwidth at the management level? Talk about the team, how long you've been together. You know, it's got to be one of your biggest off-balance sheet assets, that group of uh, institutional knowledge and successful people. Yeah, there, there's no doubt. I did make a, a business decision and and so now I have a vice president uh, that runs Texas Roadhouse and a vice president that runs Bubba's 33 and a, vice, a president, actually our international guy who's an operational president that's running all of our international business and our franchise business on uh, Jaggers and domestic. So we have people that are focused individually on each concept. And then the depth, you know, we've got uh, five regional partners that run about 120, 25 stores. They've got 13 or 14 multi-unit reports to them. Each market partner has about eight to 10 stores. So our job is to always support the managing partner. Everything we do is to make sure that the person running a single restaurant has every tool to be able to execute. And from a people standpoint, you know, obviously the staffing has been a little challenging to get some, but we're, we're very confident in our leadership. So we've got the right people running the concepts. We've got the right folks below them. You know, where we need staffing is really in the restaurants, in the back of the house, in the front of the house. We've been able to maintain all of our managing partners. We've, we're actually plus managing partners, which is great. And we've got a very strong manager course, and, and we've got a great leadership team between our CFO, Tanya Robinson, who's been with us 20-some years, and she actually was my staff accountant. So she's grown up into the ranks. You got Chris Jacobson, who's our, our chief marketing officer. So 20 plus years and our chief information officer, multiple years. So we've got a very, very tenured team and people seem to to love being a part of this. We're having a lot of success. And I tell people, it's really good to hear all the accolades and know that the consumer demand for our product is great. But my battle cry to everybody is that's great. Now let's just keep going out and earning the ability to, to be in that conversation of, to me, one of the greatest restaurant chains in America. One of the advantages you all have as a public company is you have tremendous cash generation and obviously use a a good portion of that to build new restaurants, which is probably the highest and best use of that capital. But you have a real balanced approach to allocating capital, which includes, you know, dividends and share repurchases and things like that. Maybe you can just talk about what kind of advantage that gives you as as a management team to create value for all shareholders and stakeholders. Yeah, I mean, it's important to us. It's important to us to show the respect for people that have invested in our mission. We are all partners in this, and and their investment in us shows trust. And so we need to give back. We need to make sure that we have a strong balance sheet, that we're taking care of not only our internal employees, but those that bought into us. And we have an obligation to grow sales and grow profits and share not only with our operators, but with our investors. And I'm very very excited about the partnership that I have with our board of directors. And and I think we really do strategically think a lot about how do we stay healthy, but how do we share in the earnings? What should investors know about you and your, your responsibility of shepherding Texas Roadhouse over the next however many years? It's something that's obviously deeply personal to you. What should people know about your mindset? 
<laughs> so I like the mindset thing because I, I use that a little bit. Morgan's mindset. And uh, we, we talk about balance and we talk about executing at a high level. And I made a promise to this company when I came on board that I would serve all of our roadies. I call it Roadie Nation. All of our guests, all of our vendor partners and our investors with all of my heart. And I will do it. I love this company deeply. I, I've grown up in this company for the last 25 years. I feel like I have a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into it. And it's been a journey that I have thoroughly enjoyed. We have risen from this small little restaurant chain to this, to me, a, a powerhouse. And I want us to keep earning that. When people talk about Texas Roadhouse, I want them to talk about, you know, Chili's to some degree and Norman Brinker. When Kent won the award in Dallas in 2015, the Golden Chain Award, and that award was named after Norman Brinker. That was probably his biggest accomplishment. He couldn't have been more proud to be in the name of a Norman Brinker, a guy that's a pioneer in the restaurant industry. So, you know, I, I just want to come in here and add value. I, I told people when I came here, I said, look, I know how to be a partner. And I know how to be a head coach, and I'm learning how to be a president and a CEO. But I can run this company. I can partner up with our operators and with our corporate team, and we can continue to provide stability and a focus on our people, our quality of operations, on making money, and keeping our culture fun with purpose. So to me, it's balanced leadership. It's a, a clear focus and vision. We're legendary food. We're legendary service. And we got to go operate today in order to maintain our reputation. Passion, quality, value. These three things keep customers coming back time and time again, even in uncertain times. Texas Roadhouse has seen this movie before, having lived through economic ups and downs, and they're really delivering on all three in abundance. In turn, that means creating more value for stakeholders. At Welcome to the Arena, we're working really hard to bring you exciting guests and great content. If you found this episode insightful, subscribe to the show on your podcast app and leave us a five-star rating. The more the show grows, the more interesting voices we can have on the podcast. And in turn, that should demystify a lot of the stakeholders around public companies and soon-to-be public companies. Thanks for listening. Thanks again to Jerry for joining me on the show. I don't know about y'all, but this conversation definitely has made me hungry. It's obvious how much Jerry cares about the company, cares about his people, and cares about delivering a top-notch experience each and every time to customers who dine at Texas Roadhouse. And as an investor, this is the guy you want running your company. He knows it cold, he's done every job, and he's got the hunger and passion to take it to the next level. Awesome job, Jerry. This is Tom Ryan. We'll see you next time, back in the arena. References to specific stocks are not intended to be recommendations for specific trading behavior. Comments presented on this podcast are intended for informational and educational purposes only, and do not represent opinions or recommendations on whether to buy, sell, or hold shares of a particular stock. All investors are advised to conduct their own independent research into individual stocks before making a trading decision. In addition, investors are advised that past stock performance is no guarantee of future price performance.